point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. I've hosted the show for over a year, and I've mostly stuck to sports on this show. Other than the occasional billionaire bashing, I try to keep it a place where you can think about hoops and your favorite basketball team. We're going to do that today. But let me add that there is no such thing as sticking to sports in the realm that is outside of politics. The food you eat, the place you live, and yes, the sports you watch are deeply entrenched in the political system of this country. So, I encourage you to get out in your community and protest police brutality in a system that values property over the lives of black and other non-white people. If you're unable to join physically, I encourage you to open your wallets and your bank accounts and donate to causes that are doing the important work fighting for equality in your communities. If you can't make a physical or financial contribution, I encourage you to read black authors and academics and learn about this country's racist origins, history, and modern systems, and then consider your place in perpetuating those systems, be it active or passive. If you find what I just said abhorrent or out of place, I encourage you to take a brief moment to consider why you value property and order over the rights and lives of your fellow Americans. With that, let's talk about basketball. The NBA is coming back. They're going to play out their season in Orlando. On Thursday, there will be a Board of Governors vote, with the owners expected to overwhelmingly approve Adam Silver's recommendation to restart the season at Disney's Wide World ESPN Wide World of Sports with the games beginning on July 31st and ending no later than October 12th. And the Blazers are coming along for the ride. There'll be the 16 current playoff teams when the when the season was halted on March 12th will be in there along with some new faces. New Orleans, Portland, Phoenix, Sacramento and San Antonio in the west and Washington in the east. That plan, which again will likely be approved officially on Thursday, is including 22 total teams and will call for eight regular season games prior to any postseason play. Uh, the Reportedly from Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Players Association in the NBA was very vocal and uh, about having regular season games. I think these teams don't want to drop into high-leverage legacy and other thing defining games of the postseason without some some sort of tune-up and eight regular season games gives the teams particularly atop the standings to get back into shape or form or whatever way you want to call it without uh having to do that during the first round of a of a tournament that doesn't isn't going to include home court advantage specifically or in any really meaningful way There was a time last week when particularly small market teams outside of the playoffs were calling to have all 30 teams join together in Orlando. I haven't done any personal reporting on this, but from what I read, I don't know that this ever gained traction beyond uh, folks like Clay Bennett of the Oklahoma City Thunder and other small market teams that don't have the cash cows of the New York Knicks and Golden State Warriors, who are well out of the playoffs, wanting to get back in, perhaps make some money, uh, perhaps just not have nine months off in between from when the season ended in March and when the next season is likely to start in December. 
But the 30-team plan never really took hold, and what we are left with is a 22-team plan that includes regular season games followed by a play-in scenario allowing teams to make the playoffs. However, the play-in scenario comes with some catches. After the conclusion of the eight regular season games played by teams, if the ninth place team is more than four games behind the eighth seeded team, it's over. The eighth seeded team goes to the playoffs and we just continue there with presumably a regular seven game format. However, if that eighth seeded team is within four games of ninth, there will be a play-in scenario. But the play-in scenario isn't a tournament. It is simply a double elimination format in which the ninth seeded team would need to beat the eighth seeded team twice to make the playoffs, or the eighth seeded team would need to win once. So you're talking about a maximum of two games, no elaborate play-in format, just straight up a once you get once it, things get close, if you beat us twice, you earn the right to make the playoffs. So we'll have eight regular season games that will determine the standings. We will have a play-in format of sorts that could happen in either conference. Obviously, there's no guarantees, but with uh, how bunched up a handful of Western Conference teams are, it seems likely something like that will play out. Memphis has a three-and-a-half game lead over not just the Portland Trailblazers, but also the New Orleans Pelicans and Sacramento Kings. As it stands right now, the San Antonio Spurs are four back. If all those teams were to just finish with the same record in eight regular season games, we'll get some interesting tiebreakers to determine it. But as you can see, there are plenty of teams that are within that window right now that would force a play-in scenario in the West. And I'm saying the West because there isn't a reseeding coming after this tournament. It'll just straight up be East versus West. It'll be likely to be the right to play the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers have a five and a half game lead over the Clippers. It seems unlikely that they would drop off from the top seed. There are other seeding that remains that could be decided. Uh, three through seven are separated by four games. The Nuggets, who are in third, are only two and a half back of the Clippers. The Rockets, OKC, and Jazz in the middle of the West standings are basically tied four through six. So a lot will be sorted out, but it seems like the winner of this play-in tournament was, I was going to say, headed to Los Angeles, but that's not how it works. They'll just be playing the Lakers. In the second segment, we'll talk about how this works. The plan for teams continuing their schedule and and what we're gonna what that's gonna look like when teams get to Orlando for the bubble but before we get to the bubble and how these final regular season games are going to play out I want to tell you about a sponsor of this week it's rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for from hundreds of manufacturers they got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, everything you need is a few clicks away and will be delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably, remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you there. rockauto.com. It's got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. So the NBA is going to restart Disney World, Disney's ESPN Wild World of Sports, 22-acre complex that it's got three gyms, a bunch of hotel accommodations, and can apparently contain or house 22 NBA teams for an extended period of time. Extended not just because we're getting the playoffs and a play-in scenario, as I outlined in the first segment of this show, but we're also going to get some regular season games. And according to Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, the plan is for teams to continue their schedule as it was previously laid out with the basically the next eight games in chronological order. But if a team was scheduled to play a, a team that is not in Orlando, hasn't been invited into the bubble, then you just move forward to the next game on the schedule. So how would that look for the Blazers? Well, the simple answer is that if you just look at their schedule, they would play the Memphis Grizzlies, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Utah Jazz, and then close out with the Memphis Grizzlies. The Blazers in this scenario would be missing games against the Minnesota Timberwolves twice, the Charlotte Hornets once, and the Detroit Pistons once. Those are pretty bad teams. Would have been nice for the Blazers to rack up those wins. Not that anything is guaranteed from what we've seen from this team this season. However, it is not that simple as just counting the Blazers' eight games. Why, you ask? Well, the NBA didn't perfectly shut down with a plan to perfectly restart. A global pandemic brought us here, hence the bubble. And here's just one of the many obstacles that they will be facing when they try to piece together what the schedule looks like. The Grizzlies, the team the Blazers are likely to play first when when the season restarts in Orlando, naturally have eight games in their schedule before they get to that second meeting with the Blazers. To wit, here are Memphis's next eight games using that same formula. Portland, Utah, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, New Orleans, New Orleans, Boston. That's eight games. In fact, following the same sort of math as next eight excluding teams who aren't in Orlando, the Grizzlies wouldn't play the Blazers until game number 12. They'd have meetings with two meetings with Toronto and a game against the Mavericks before they even got to that Blazers for their 12th game. So that ain't happening. The magic of the Blazers having a chance to play the Grizzlies twice. Again, they're three and a half games behind Memphis as it stands right now. And it seemed like it was going to line up perfectly for them if you just looked at the Blazers schedule, but there is more math to it than that. So it seems very unlikely that the Blazers will play Memphis twice. They will still have a good chance to catch them. We'll talk about more of that in the third segment, but the NBA is going to have to do a little bit of reorganizing. And as my friend and ESPN writer Kevin Pelton points out, there is a 
relatively simple workaround that would solve this problem. According to Kevin Pelton, if the Blazers play the Lakers, and then each of those teams plays either against Miami or Orlando, they wouldn't have to play both, but the the Blazers would play the Magic and the Lakers would play the Heat or flip-flop it, that would solve this conundrum. It would, it would kind of fix the puzzle. The NBA might not choose to go Pelton's way, but my man with the supercomputer, who loves himself a pocket square and a fat necktie knot, I bet he hasn't figured out. I'm going to trust Pelton's math on this without uh, quadruple checking it. But I guess what my point in rattling off these the schedules of the Blazers and the Grizzlies just I want to illustrate is that I think the Blazers had a had a softer schedule just naturally if if they had been able to finish the regular season under different circumstances obviously that's that's out the window and the Grizzlies had a more difficult one which is why the Blazers uh, kind of st- even though their season just could, never got right kind of still felt like they were going to be uh, within striking distance coming down the stretch now I'm not sure it's that simple. There's more to it than just straightening out who the Blazers will play in game number eight. There's going to be some tiebreaker questions that come into play. The Blazers, of course, are still 0-4 against the New Orleans Pelicans, and they're 0-1 against the Memphis Grizzlies, but it seems unlikely right now that they're going to get that scheduled third game against Memphis. It is fair to assume that the NBA will use its traditional tiebreakers of head-to-head matchups and a divisional record and, and et cetera on down the line, And those tiebreakers have always had a little bit of randomness because teams play three or four times in conference, and that that changes every year. But it's clear that this new schedule just in general is going to make things trickier. The sort of straightforwardness of the traditional 82 game season is out the window, and figuring out who the Blazers play and, and, and how they go about it and who their opponents play and then how that would impact tiebreakers is a conversation for another day. I want to merely highlight here that there are, even with plans in place, it seems like there's a lot, there's a lot of things for the NBA the, the, to sort out as it revolves around the, the Portland basketball team and all the other, all 22 other teams or 21 other teams that are inviting to Orlando. So in the third segment, I want to answer a question that I've probably attempted to answer a couple times, but I think we have a little bit more detail and I can maybe be a little bit more clear on it. Is this plan good for the Blazers? That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. Before we get there, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. You've heard me tell you about it before, but nothing has changed. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy candy bar. That's the trick. Built Bars are tasty. They come in 16 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They've got great texture. They're soft chewy, and delicious. And in addition to being tasty, they're healthy. Built Bar is a wonderful option for the health conscious among us because they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. There are plenty of bad options when you're looking for a mid-morning or mid-afternoon snack at home. Built Bar is not one of those. It's a wonderful option They should try to get your hands on. And the best way to do that is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON so you can get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still locked on Blazers. Still Mike Richmond. We're still talking about the NBA's restarting the season in Orlando. We talked last week how the... Uh, 
picture was becoming clear. But now I think we have pretty much all of the specifics other than who the Blazers will play in their regular season tune-ups. But the Blazers are going to get eight regular season games to improve their standings. They are going to get a chance if they finish eighth or ninth, or if they climb up just enough, if they can maintain their spot in ninth, if they can maintain their exact position right now, they'll give themselves two chances to earn a trip to the playoffs. So I guess the question that we tried to ask when I, we talked about this before and I want to try to address now is that it's just the, simple, the simplest question. Is this good news for the Blazers? I'd say probably, but that doesn't mean that the path is specifically easier than it would have been. It's just better news than if the, team, if the league had decided to go five regular season games or just the playoff teams. Like this specifically opened the door for them there's a lot of noise though beyond just blazers and grizzlies the pelicans are right there the kings who are playing some really good basketball are also right there the spurs just never go away are only hanging a half game back of portland right now and for whatever reason the phoenix suns have been invited congratulations but in addition to all that Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins will be back, though the Blazers will be as healthy as they've been all year long, but they still have a really slim margin for error. Uh, eight games is enough for the Blazers to make, some, up, make up some real ground, but it's probably not enough for them to go something like three and five, which is kind of the level of basketball they were playing before the season had ended. They're going to need to win likely more than half their games playing against teams that are all playoff quality. This is a going to be a tough test. Of course, it's going to be a tough test for everyone because nobody's getting those bottom feeder games, but perhaps teams that play more against Milwaukee and LA or the Lakers on their schedule, teams that are comfortably in first place and don't really don't really necessarily need to go full throttle in the regular season have a slightly higher leg up that might be putting the cart before the horse in terms of thinking about how this works but I think it's worth considering that strength of schedule is going to play a role regardless and strength of schedule will play a role here you can imagine if uh, the Phoenix Suns find themselves well out of the playoff race that they aren't going to push it in the final two games Uh, they're the team kind of farthest on the outside right now sitting six full games back of the Grizzlies if they don't make up ground in the first six games you can imagine that in the final two that we won't see a lot of Devin Booker not because the Suns want to rig the system but just because teams always value the future over the present when playoff contention gets out of hand it happens in an 82-game season. It will happen in an eight-game mini tune-up. That's just going to happen. But I think it's good news for the Blazers because they got what they wanted. Of course, Damian Lloyd said he that he wouldn't play in meaningless games. Well, he's going to get eight games that are very like decidedly not meaningless. Uh, I think that comment I've said a bunch of times was just like not put in its proper context. I don't think Dame was quitting on his team, I think he was putting pressure on the league to say that, uh, listen, give us a real shot. Dame's getting his real shot, and he's going to get his real shot with Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins. Of course, we don't know how much Nurkic is going to play. It's reasonable to think that he will come back with a minutes restriction. I don't think that you're going to drop him in after 14, 15 months off and just say, hey, Nurk, can you give us 36 minutes tonight? But I also don't think he's going to play... 12 minutes a night. I think he's 
he's probably ready physically. He was probably ready physically to play, you know, 15 plus minutes right when the season ended. And he's probably closer to 25 now. That's a pretty good chunk. You know, he was when he, at his best, he was playing right around 30 minutes. How the Blazers figure out the center rotation is another thing. But if you're playing against Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs, as many seven foot tall dudes as possible would be good to have on the roster. Zach Collins should be back and ready to play. I can't imagine he'll have a minutes restriction with the nature of his injury. Um, maybe there's some precautions taken early just so he can get his win because he hasn't played a lot of basketball in a while. But he had shoulder surgery, and if his shoulder is deemed healthy, he should be able to play big minutes as much as the Blazers need him. Other teams will be getting healthy too. The Grizzlies will be healthier than they were when the season ended. So too will the Pelicans, who were missing J.J. Redick when the season ended. So a lot of teams get healthy and get players back. I think that makes for a fun final tune-up. But in general, I think this is good news for the Blazers because I think they have the best player. And I think they have the best player with the best version of the roster that they've had all year. Having Damian Lillard in a sort of mini-tournament is as good an option as there is in the Western Conference probably outside of the top two teams in Los Angeles with Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. And having him have real interior help inside and not just 35-year-old Carmelo Anthony helps. Having Carmelo Anthony play a smaller role helps. A lot of things have worked in the Blazers' favor. This isn't perfect. And as we get more details on what it's going to look like, I think we can be more specific about what helps them, what hurts them, and all those things. But for right now... I think this solution in general helps the Blazers' chances because it just gives them a little more runway and a little, a few more options to get into the dance. I think the, a, more, a better way to say this more specifically would be this is bad news for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies got bad news. And if a team ahead of you in the standings gets bad news, that's good news for you. That's what I got for the show today. Go out and try to do your best for your community, whatever that looks like for you. If you need to be there physically, financially, or just educate yourself emotionally. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.